0: Hello and welcome to Critical to Your Success. Thanks for joining me. I am your host, Rachel Park. I'm a critical care nurse, academic and researcher from Auckland, New Zealand. This is the podcast where I talk to critical care nurses, allied healthcare team members and academics about what has been critical to their success. I do hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. This is episode number 13, believe it or not, recorded in January this year and today I bring you something different again. I invited four of my best friends to sit down and have a chat. Between us, as you will hear, we have over 140 years of ICU experience. We think. We're a little bit confused by that fact. We have all worked together and 20 years or so ago became the infamous Westy Book Club. Don't ask. I wasn't sure how chaotic this was going to be, but knew that with the experience of these amazing nurses and friends, there would be a few gems. So on a hot summer's day, we sat down on the deck and over a couple of glasses of sangria and some delicious snacks, we talked about the support and collegiality of ICU, the importance of empathy, the team environment in ICU and how polarising it can be, the importance of acknowledging how tough ICU work is, our passion for nursing and the importance of remembering what it is like to be new to the ICU. You'll really have to forgive the summer noises in the background. Here's a warning. There's flies, planes, helicopters and cars in the background. One of the challenges with podcasting in someone's home in the middle of summer. It's also the odd swear word, although we have cut some of those out. What there also is, though, is a lot of honesty, thoughtfulness and friendship, and some real insight. The Westie Book Club, I should introduce, are myself, Anne Doran, who you met in episode 12, who is a senior staff nurse in the paediatric intensive care unit at Starship Children's Health in Auckland, Nick Genie, who you met in episode 10, the nurse manager in the paediatric intensive care unit at Starship, Marion Hamer, who is the nurse practitioner in the paediatric and congenital cardiology service at Starship Children's Health, and Christine Armstrong, nurse specialist in the Adult Congenital Heart Disease Unit, Auckland City Hospital, both ex-ICU nurses. We must also give a big shout out to our other Westy Book Club member, Maxine Ducker, who works for the Auckland Regional Public Health Service. Now this podcast actually ended up being recorded over two hours. We couldn't stop talking. So rather than have you sit through two hours in one go, I've actually split this into two episodes. So you'll have to come back next time to listen to the next half, sorry. So, grab a cuppa, or a glass of something to join in with us, sit back, and get to know the Westie Book Club. OK, so today... <laughs> On this very special podcast I have, I'm have i not quite sure what we're in for actually, to be perfectly honest So, breaking out of the traditional mould of a one-on-one interview we've got a group interview uh, with five members of the
1: Westie Book Club from yeah. uh, Auckland We <laughs> already have to take that word out of it That was just a near miss with not the sangria, but something else We're okay. already causing chaos
0: Oh, I'll eat this. Because it, uh, you know. Right, shall we start? You're going to start so again now? Sa- <laughs> Yeah, that's right, we'll cut that bit out. That's why Cullen's <laughs> paid so much to do this, poor boy. Oh, so just
2: right,
0: right, so we gathered here on uh, anniversary Monday in Auckland on the deck. So you might hear a little bit of background noise today, but um, we're sitting outside in 31 degrees enjoying the sunshine, some good food. And good company. So um, what we'll do first is we'll just go around and everyone's gonna briefly introduce themselves. I think we've figured out we've got somewhere between about 120 and 150 uh, days, years, years (laughs) (laughs) of ICU experience between us. Um, So hopefully this will be of interest and insightful or it could just be chaotic. So from my left Christine, would you like to
3: start? Uh, I'm Christine Armstrong. I started in... uh, Sorry, I'm currently working at um, Auckland City Hospital in a nurse specialist role.
1: Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I'm Marion Hamer. I'm also working at Starship and I'm a nurse practitioner in Peds Cardiology.
4: Um, I'm Nick Jenny, I work in the Paediatric Intensive Care at Starship. I'm Anne Doran and I also work in the Paediatric Intensive Care at Starship.
0: Very good, so they're all very understated. Um, (laughs) Thought. So why don't we sort of talk about why nursing? Like what made everyone go into nursing in the first place? We have probably heard this from Nick in one of the last podcasts, but why did people go nursing back in the day? I think people went nursing because... As a woman back in
4: my day, a girl, you either went nursing or you went teaching or you worked in an office. Mm. And so that was your choice. I went nursing because my best friend was going nursing. I was desperate to leave school and I was good at biology. There and you my go. my dad wanted my sister to be a nurse, but when I told him that I was going to be a nurse, he wasn't depressed. <laughs> so there you go. Why not? I think he... I think he thought that I was destined for, for greater things,
0: actually. I think he thought I should go to university, which I never wanted to do. Mm. So, yeah. it's funny that's come through with other people that you know their parents were sort of a little bit um, nonplussed that they were going nursing, mm. seeing it as this kind of Well my headmaster certainly was, he was yeah. like, You're going
2: nursing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Any other reasons?
3: Uh, I was actually older. When I started nursing, I was 22, and I had done the other. <laughs> Funny that's older, isn't it? <laughs> <I> no, <know>, yeah. <laughs> because most of my colleagues, well, most of my friends and mm-hmm. colleagues, friends and allies, um, were 17 yeah, when they were starting cool. nursing, and that was generally the age that everybody started at. So you know, I was considered worldly wise, being the colossal age of 22. <laughs> You know, um, I could actually, was the only one in the group who could go to a pub, <laughs> legally. Um, so um, so that was kind of like a different path. I'd worked in an office beforehand mm. and been a shorthand typist. So, and the reason why I went nursing was um, when I left school, I was a little bit uh, aimless and didn't really know what I wanted to do so we did a secretarial kind of course and then went to the office but um but then one day was sitting there in the office and thinking I don't think I can do this for the you know rest of my life and then just started to look around and see what other things kind of grabbed my interest and um yeah and went nursing Mm. and in fact interestingly enough one of the First things I did was I applied to the uh, to Auckland Hospital to do um, hospital-based training because that was perceived by my parents and I guess to a certain extent myself that that was the only way to train. Mm. And so, um, and then did the you know, um, and wasn't successful getting into the program. <laughs>
0: Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah.
3: And so then went um, and did. Uh, You know, tech trained nursing Mm. as the kind of secondary option, which
1: was, yeah, kind of there. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure why (laughs) I did nursing, to be honest. I I mean, you know, I I know why I went nursing. You know, that was my mother was a nurse, my older sister was a nurse, my dad was, um, he was a, during the war, he was like a, what do they call it, a, um, a, a medic, yeah, um, on a Navy ship. First aid lieutenant, you know, something, I don't know. Anyway, that's what he did. And I spent ages trying to figure out what I was going to do. Well, ages. I thought when I was at school, what am I going to be? And I really liked the idea of being a farmer. <coughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about going herd testing. <laughs> um, And then when I realised what that involved, I decided (laughs) (laughs) uh, decided not to do that, um, and went nursing. And actually, quite lucky that I that nursing suited me, or I suited nursing, because it's Mm. a career that I I didn't really think about much, but it's Mm. actually been something that has really matched. Who I am. Mm. I could have gone to university, but I, like you, and didn't go. And for me, it was. I never thought that I'd be able to go to university because back then you went to university, or you went to a trade. And actually, nursing was a trade Mm. when when I started. It was a um, diploma. You know, it wasn't a degree until many years later. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I probably got more into education as I got more into nursing, Mm. because leaving school, it was, my dad wanted me to get a trade, uh, and to be financially independent and all that sort of stuff. There wasn't any kind of push to do higher education, which was what university was considered to be. It's
0: interesting, eh? Do you think the perceptions of that have changed now in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that it's not seen as much of a trade, that it's more a mm. sort of profession. A, a profession? Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. interesting, eh? Yeah. And why ICU nursing? How did everyone get into ICU? Oh, you're not doing well, that Well, I think we've talked no, about no, Nick,
2: yeah, yeah okay. in her so podcast. Well,
0: we, but, but we could talk about yeah, Nick, Nick, Nick again. I don't
5: yeah. know. <laughs> no, there's not that. I mean, I went nursing to fill time. I didn't want to be a nurse. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) I tried university, I bummed out, I hated it, I tried working, I wanted to do full-time ambulance and at that stage there was a minimum age and I was too young, Mm. so I thought go nursing full-time, have some Mm -hmm. skills I can use, use it to travel
2: Mm.
5: and still even when I finished never really intended for it to be a career, Mm. it was just that I was lucky enough to go into ICU which Mm. gave
0: me what I was looking for.
2: Mm.
0: See, I was like Marion, I was all set to go to Massey University and do agriculture.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, which is kind of bizarre. And I have absolutely no idea why I changed my mind. Well, there's probably similarities. Uh, well, I uh, think, especially what? after Marion's description yeah. oh, of her yeah, testing.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it does feel a little yeah. bit like that. Uh, oh, I've
0: got to
4: put this weird yeah. in. What right. Marion was saying about it fitting you, like to me, I'm... S- seriously regretted going to for quite a few years mainly around working lots of weekends mm-hmm. um, and that and affecting my social life and looked at other options and never sort of got around to changing just continued and I'm so mm-hmm. glad I did because it mm-hmm. shaped who I am and mm-hmm. I really uh, like I couldn't be happier in my job
2: mm-hmm.
4: so I'm
1: glad that I stuck with it yeah. I could be happier in my job I could be too <laughs> but, <nicer>. yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was it was very much when you get past um, sort of shift work and all that sort of stuff, and what you get a chance to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just think it's shaped
4: my personality. Like I was a quiet little mousy, which you couldn't say that now. Oh, it's hard no. to no. imagine no. that. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, these days I would have considered that I had social anxiety. Yeah, mm-hmm. You scared me from mm-hmm. the first day I met you. <laughs> yeah.
5: I don't
1: believe that. When I orientated orientated into ICU, you orientated me with a, well, we had that mix of babies and adults at Greenway, and you got to orientate into the baby room, so you had to do adults first, and then you could do the children. And you orientated me, and my first ever migraine was... (laughs) (laughs) Was that my fault?
4: It was probably that stuffy little room, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: well, it probably wasn't you, but, you know... (laughs) That's my very first one I can remember. Yeah. like
3: I, t- I, totally agree with Anne in that I think being in ICU shapes your personalities to a certain mm. degree. Well,
1: in nursing or Nurse. in ICU? Um, because I think in
4: I nursing, think ICU shapes your personality. Yeah. For me, yeah. I'd say it was nursing yeah. because I had to walk into yeah. a room full of strangers yeah. and act like I, yeah. you know, hi, yeah. how are you, um, and I c- could never have done that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Interesting, yeah. eh? Yeah. yeah kind of That's almost it, heading yeah. down that imposter syndrome sort yes, of route. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And yeah, especially yeah. when you know, often when we finish our training and go out into wherever we work for the first time, we're often quite young, oh. <laughs> and you're dealing with all these adults mm. that you're trying to tell them what to do and, how and to doing do really it, personal yeah.
2: things with them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. yeah, doing really personal things and um, being in spaces where they are out of control. Mm. Well, I don't mean out of control, but I mean there's a lot of control taken oh, out yeah. of the hands of the That, that, was, that was when I realised
4: that actually they were more nervous than I was. Yeah. Mm. These people, and I was actually in my comfort zone, theoretically. Yeah. You were the expert. Yes, yeah. and they were, yeah. well, I would say that as a Well, but compared listener, to them. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were completely out of their comfort zones. Yeah. At least I knew the structure and what was going to happen in a day. So yeah. that made yeah. it easier for me to talk to people because... Actually, I knew more than they did in this situation. Yeah. So fake it till you make
2: it. Yes. Still doing that. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Like, I think one of the things that, like, really, that drew me into intensive care, say, from ward work, and to be, you know, just to declare straight up that really I'd only done maybe two years' worth of ward work um, before I entered into... uh, high dependency kind of environment and I did that in London when I was doing Mm. my you know your OE and you just get sent, you know you do agency and you get Mm, sent to places and so that's what you do and so I started getting uh, getting sent to an HDU and and then I got a full-time position there because I needed to solidify my work visa not because I had any particular interest in being in that environment but once I was there
2: Mm.
3: there was such a lot of learning And such a lot of opportunity, and such a lot of um, having to use your, you you know, to use all facets of your, um, of, of your. Personality really—you yeah. had to be empathetic. Yeah. You know, you, you had to learn. You know, you dealt with people in crisis situations where they'd lost control. You had to be thinking all the time about what was happening with this person and was, was that were things changing? And you know, how best, you know, do you stop situations kind of getting out of control? You had to work in um, highly polarizing team environments, and yeah. you had to learn to. Um, communicate in a, in a variety of ways. Mm. And so that was what really lit my fire. And, um, sorry, I just had to answer my phone.
1: <laughs> I was like Chris, though. I, I didn't ever put my hand up to go into ICU. I was sent to relieve over one, I feel like it was over one summer. They were really short-staffed. And so I went over there, from a ward at Green Lane and was sort of you know helping out I mean you know really classic terror going in and doing some really dumb things that you sort of think my god I can't believe I actually did that Where you what you've gone to all those um various and as you say you end up having an opportunity to really learn and being challenged and thinking actually this is really interesting and it's really controlled Mm. so you have one or two patients and yet they might be really really sick but you can just focus in on that whereas you're walking working on the ward you're running around like a blue ass flyer trying to get stuff done you haven't got Mm. a hope and howl in getting it done Mm. you haven't got a hope and howl in meeting the needs of the four to six or how many ever people you were looking after, Mm. whereas in ICU you actually had a really complex situation that you could put your mind to, to get from the start of a shift to the end of a shift and Mm. either you were winning the battle with a group of other people around you helping you to try and win, get this person through whatever was going on or you know you weren't ever on your own trying to manage a situation Mm. that was really out of control
0: that's a really interesting observation because you know we often think that ICU is so tough to work in which Mm. it is yeah and that you know ward nursing is possibly easier because the patients aren't ventilated they're not you know and there's this kind of perception that um it's an an easier place to work
1: Mm. but you know I totally agree because you what I mean now doing ward work and doing intense having done intensive care intensive care you had a job to do it was it was it fe- felt very. Uh, n- I don't mean control, because things could really mm. easily be. I mean, if they weren't in control, they were super not in control. You were, a person was coding, and you were massaging, or you're opening a. Che- you know, like it's dramatic and mm-hmm. in intensive care, but you're doing that in an environment where you've got a whole pile of people around you.
2: Mm
1: and the whole team, so you have collegiality, the whole team comes in and people assume roles because you've been mm. there, you've done that, mm. you know, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of an example, like if someone comes in, they're doing a rapid sequence induction, and you know, you, you are, you're doing all of that and you have a whole team doing that. And the war, it feels, and so you're very much telling family, you are in control and you're telling family or whatever, this is how it's going to be, um, this is what we're going to do mm. and um, and someone peels off and does that Yeah, in a ward situation you can feel a situation that's going to escalate or it's and you don't have the kind of expertise right next to you mm. no, you're waiting for the doctor
5: to arrive, you've got to page them yeah. Yeah, for the middle yeah. of the night, yeah. it might be God knows where and yeah, and
1: the people that arrive aren't the yeah. people that you oh, want, want. Yeah. Yeah. so you, yeah. when you've been there long enough you circumnavigate a system to get the people that you want.
3: See I always think it's really interesting, Marion. You talk a lot about saying that um, you know you haven't worked in ICU for a while but you're a um, you know you're a nurse practitioner in a you know in a um, you know highly charged environment dealing with peds, with children who are born with adult con- um, sorry with congenital cardiac defects but I think you know when I look at you working what I see is someone who's taken the expertise that they gained in an ICU environment, applying it in a ward setting. Knowing it's a little bit like playing poker, and then knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them because you know when you need. Yeah, but you know when you need people there in a hurry, and you also know the language that you need to
1: yeah. say I had to learn that language though. That was the other thing: is that you have to learn um have to learn how to get... It.
3: But I think it's like language in ICU settings. And, when and you're, the you're in the bed space and someone's kind of coding or not going well or you can kind of get a sense that things are deteriorating, we all develop the language mm. Mm. Through experience and expertise and all mm. the rest of it, all the things that you know that we say make up an expert nurse, mm. we bring that. You know, we use those skills and bring them into the bed space.
2: Mm. Well, so when
5: the CTSU course used to run, we mm. always used to know when a patient went into AFM in the ward mm. whether it was someone that had done the course mm. or not, as to how much panic.
2: Mm. there was Mm.
5: not, because those that had done it knew when to escalate, knew what was urgent, knew what Mm. wasn't, whereas those that Mm. didn't, it was all panic, Mm. Mm. you know, and that's transferring those skills they would learnt in the ICU setting Mm. back into the ward setting, Mm. Mm. which is what you do every day.
1: Or you are transferring the skills that you know versus the skills that you don't know, so there are times that I'm, you know, like a kid might have some syndrome that I don't know anything about, and or there is a process that's going on that I'm thinking, okay, not familiar with this, immediately you feel like, where's, where's the end point? What's the end point? Is the end point going to be a bad situation? Or am I going to be able to nurse this a little bit longer? Whereas if I've got my, this is a kid that's had this done, this is, I see this rhythm, these are my electrolytes, you know, like I kind of know the story, but if you throw in there something that I don't know,
5: like
2: but if you knew
1: something all the time, you'd be bored as well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I mean, two of you have moved out of the ICU space um, and are working. So now we're going to have helicopters as well. Yeah. So That's wasteful, all something right? about uh, Nick, Police helicopter. Yeah, probably <laughs> a police helicopter. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, We've only had a few glasses. <laughs>
0: So what sorts of skills do you think in particular that you learnt in ICU that you've taken out of the ICU and into your sort of more ward based or even out to the community because I mean you follow patients all the way through don't you? Um, what sorts of skills do you think in particular that you learnt in ICU have helped you into those roles?
3: Um, what about that anything can be managed? Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I think so. I think that you don't um, I think there's anything can be managed. I think there's also kind of the um, that you you know you understand, there's almost like the physical kind of side of things that you understand what the issue is and i mean like in essence i'm kind of lucky because my icu um experience has primarily been cardiac Mm. there was a short um or you know five year five six eight year period where it was um pediatric icu but a general Mm. kind of setting so um there are so for me there are good things about that and that i've Walked a similar journey Mm. to the people that I'm um, now serving, Mm, if you like. mm, mm. So I have that as a as an advantage. I have an um, it's um, there is that thing of saying that anything you know you know it gives you an idea that you can handle anything. Uh, Mm. You know you can um,
1: or that things have to be handled. and you have to do something. That's right. Mm, Yeah, and there are you know. Distinct learning. difference there, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, That's right. yeah. There's a difference between anything can be managed to someone's gotta manage it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the situation. Wow, this is really difficult to manage. I better Yeah. Mm. And that kind of sense of urgency and escalation. Yep. Yeah. Or all circling the wagons, finding out where your resources are.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think you um and I think it gives like gives you a strong sense of communication. It gives mm. you a strong mm. sense of knowing you know, who you need to go to and who you need to see in Mm. order to make kind of things happen. Mm. You can go into... I go into settings um, a lot more confidently. Mm. Like, for example, now I may go into the cardiovascular ICU setting. Now, I haven't formally worked in that setting since 2003 when we moved across to Auckland. But I'm not unfamiliar with the environment, you know, Mm. and so you can... um, you know, so that means that you're able to share information with people who are scared of the environment. Yeah. But also, you kind of you you know you understand what the journey is mm-hmm. yeah. for your patients yeah. and their family
0: and yep. Yep. and yep. also the bedside nurse. And you're approaching exactly.
3: Yep. And from a you know from a congenital perspective, they you know they're there in a very. I don't mean this discriminatory but in a they're they're in a functional role. You know, they're mm. looking after the patient in their acute time. Um, you know, they're caring for the emotional components and the but yet also the physical components of that person. But um, they may not actually have kind of a uh, understanding of what the you know what the underlying, you know, condition is mm, to a certain mm, extent. The path physiology yeah, and the, p- stuff. Yeah, yeah, the physiology. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I think that, um, like, you know, I think one of the challenges of not working in ICU is you do miss the environment, mm. mm-hmm. you yeah. know, desperately. Yeah. You know, you're in, you know, I may go into the ICU environment and be wanting to, you know, fluff the pillow and turn the patient, and, you know, well, all we those. Do, we t- do more than t- t- <laughs> that. <laughs> <ventilator. laughs> Where <laughs> yeah. I am, <laughs> <But for mild. laughs> so, You know, you know, do something with the yeah. ventilator. Look yeah. at that
2: haemofiltration and go. Well, really,
3: <laughs> <You> <laughs> stick to fluffing the
0: pillow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: that might get but, that. Yeah. That's Indeed. what nurses but, do. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Okay, bad wording. Come over out of the Come over here. There's here. not
1: too much done over here.
3: No, stay you know, first. so I think it's really hard to take the the ICU out of the person
2: in a way. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, So
0: I mean, that comes back to something Nick said earlier on too. In terms of, you know, so are ICU nurses born or are they kind of made? Mm-hmm. You know, and do you have to have certain qualities? Do you think to be an ICU
1: nurse? I reckon you you evolve into mm. an ICU nurse because if you would say, like, say Nick and me, we're really different personalities, and yet we both have had careers in an ICU. Yeah. We just, um, I guess the thing is, you like to, you like to. Uh, so an ICU nurse wants to know the why I, I I couldn't. I mean, I think a ward nurse wants to know this too. But there are opportunities in the ICU to really delve down mm. into understanding mm. what's going on from your patients from a from a you know like a um a, 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 a pathophysical you know like the science behind it and you you because you've got one or two patients who mm. are following that that whole um, process whether it's just about managing their um, their um, electrolytes or it's managing their ventilation you get really an opportunity to really learn in detail mm. and to understand mm-hmm. that. Uh, in my case, I've forgotten all of that, but, um, <laughs> but you know, like you have an opportunity to understand the yeah. science, and I think there's certainly that about being in the ICU is that you get an opportunity to really learn. But we, but I, I think that there are different types of people. Mm. that
4: I are think in. I'd say the people I've worked with. I'd say there are some nurses that are mm. born ICU nurses, like mm. Mm. I've met a, a couple of nurses lately, and particularly one of our new grads who I would say. But she's got it, just has right it right from the start. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But
4: you don't have to be born an ICU nurse. Do you you that that person
1: d- doesn't matter where they go. Probably. They You they'd know, be, like they be a good nurse, receiver. But I think yeah. there are
5: some people that stand out that it's not the environment for them. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes mm. you Maybe see that when a, you interview people, mm. you think you're going to get eaten alive, regardless right. of, you know, that ability to. Um, I mean, let's face it, most ICU nurses have a degree of bullshiness about them. Mm. Yeah. You've got mm. to. And. Mm. You see so that lacking. Both,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing.
5: You're one of those ones that grow um, into it. But you see some people that lack that, and you just know that they just are never, even with the right support, they're just never going to be mm. Mm, able yep. to do that. I mean, we had we had someone a while ago who started with us, and she started with us because there was a family history of working in ICU, mm-hmm. and she she came from a ward, and she ended up going back to the ward because she. She was striving for something that actually wasn't her. Yeah. She was striving yeah. for what she thought that the family would want from her. Should do. And yeah. In actual fact, she just wasn't built for the ICU environment. She's a ward nurse, and she's a fantastic ward nurse, mm. but just she just wasn't right for the ICU environment.
2: Mm.
5: Yeah. yeah. And and you get others, particularly I guess, with impedes who can't disassociate from seeing their own child on the bed. Yeah. yeah. Um, And you've got to be able to.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, that was, you know, one of my biggest things when we moved from Green Lane to Mm. Auckland Mm. was that Mm. whole, you know, I loved doing cardiac peds, Mm. but the thought of general peds and what Mm. that Mm. kind of looked like Mm. and the situations Mm. Mm. that you were confronted with and all, it was Mm. like, nah. You know, because my kids Mm. were that age, Mm. Mm. and it was that whole thing of, nah, not for me. I I
1: certainly found that. Like, I came across with... um, Pediatric cardiac, and that was how mm. I'd learnt. It was kind of tidy. It was, mm. you know, yeah. by that, I mean they it's came out. Days. No, well, <laughs> I guess what I mean is, is that you go in and you know that it's not quantity, is it? Yeah, it's not quantity. Well. Yeah, it's yeah. Not yeah. In quantity yeah. Whereas, and most kids that are going through an ICU, um, apart from kids with rheumatic heart disease, uh, children that for whatever reason have have this defect, so they weren't. It wasn't something that happened to hit them like a near drowning or a mm. car accident mm. or an NIA. Mm. You know, that kind of... Um, this massive family in a huge crisis, because mm. they've had time now yeah. to... And that's not to say that, um, that people aren't in crisis if you've got a cardiac kid, mm. it's just that it, it is... But more now, so it's
5: diagnosed antenatal, yeah. so there's a yeah. lot more preparation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a different yeah. type of crisis, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's ongoing, yeah. chronic, yeah. sort yeah.
1: of, whereas, yeah. you know, like some kid comes in having um, been out with a family mm. and someone turned their back and bugger me if he's not on the bottom of the pool. Mm. You yeah. just think, oh my God, yeah. this was a normal kid and now what you've got is a kid that's going to end up on the neurology wall, you know neuro mm. ward and might have to go out to Wilson Home. I find that quite traumatic. Mm. Yeah, so mm. I mean I was the same as you Rachel, I had young children and mm. I
4: suppose they weren't that young by then, but they were certainly young they enough to still different. end up in intensive <laughs> care. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, or in Piku, and I had worked overseas and worked in general ICU, g- general adult ICU mm. and cardiac ICU only and, and I didn't want to go back to adult only
2: mm. nursing, mm.
4: mainly because children are never there because it's their fault Mm. with adults you know i resent lugging this 120 kilo man up the bed because he eats too much and he smokes 40 a day and you know like whereas with a child it's never their fault that they're there and so you feel like you can it might be their parents fault um directly or indirectly but um it's never their fault and so i can put my whole energy into mm. that child without any re- resentment around, and I know as a as a really good nurse, I wouldn't have any resentment anyway. I mean, I take my hat off to nurses that work in adult ED on a Saturday night mm. because I just simply Don't couldn't you. do that. Yeah. Um, but so that's why I chose Piku as opposed to Carrie to mm. you know, when we came over. But it's the fact that you actually have insight to that and yeah. you know, acknowledge that. Yeah, and do. it Doesn't that's yes. Yeah. And you definitely yeah. do have to dissociate yeah. yourself mm. from it. But, but I think. There's also leeway to say, I don't want to look after that child because he looks exactly like my son. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of, and then somebody's Mm going to say, that's fine will give you this allocation mm-hmm. the
0: and it certainly you know it certainly didn't work out that well for me either because I remember one of the um first sort of couple of years after we've moved to Auckland one of the first kids I had to look after on ECMO was you know that was my son in the bed because right. <laughs> right. he looked very similar yeah. same yeah. age and it's yeah. like you know you can't actually avoid it no. at, at either place can you mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you talked about um dissociating yourself from it how did how do you as an ICU nurse, because we're all confronted with people who look like your mum, your dad, your mm-hmm. aunt, your uncle, your child, your best friend. How do you kind of step away from... Well, I think to a point you
4: probably shouldn't because it helps you, helps you yeah. to have more empathy mm-hmm. yeah. with, with people, understanding where they're at um, and being perhaps less judgmental if it's a situation where... You know, you've had a family member that, that's in a similar situation, and this person comes in, and other people might be making judgments about mm. their lifestyle. Mm. So then I can think, actually, I'm not gonna be judgmental. Mm. Um, but I think you can't you can't go home crying every day. So yeah. you just sort of have to. And I think I do dissociate mm. myself to a point. That's when you find out if someone's not nice, you nurse. Know,
5: so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yeah, going home crying yeah, every day. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Is that kind of an yeah. age and experience thing or is it Possibly. something yeah. we kind of
2: learn I don't know. and develop? I don't
1: know that it is an age and experience because some people very early on are very good at going, right, that's mm. work and I've done the best that I can do and now I'm going to do this. And others are not like that, you know? Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I think. Personally, for myself, I talk a lot about, whether I'm an ICU or not, I talk a lot about situations or scenarios or families with safe people Mm. outside of work, if I'm processing it. But it's also recognising how you operate, so I'm likely to go... Dark on something that will last for maybe about 24 to 48 hours, mm-hmm. so it's definitely less than it used to be. But, um, you know, like I'll it's know, too at, short now, but that's, <laughs> right, that's right, That could be a third Can't of my spend life. spend a week on yeah, it nowadays, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, I forget a lot of stuff, so that's quite <laughs> handy, but um, but yes. you know, like you do, and for me, it is about the situation and um, a family in a situation that you think. It's just yeah. mm. so hard, mm. but often it's about performance. Like if I'm going to go really deep and dark, it's not necessarily about family. It's about how I have or haven't done my job right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. So you know, it's quite egocentric, to be honest. But you've it's always a, a, been
5: your worst enemy. Yeah, right? mm. yeah, yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you get to. I'm not going to say on tape how old I am, but you know, you, yeah, that's <laughs> right. you get older and you. You recognize what you do yeah. oh. and you know if there's a situation that you think oh god that didn't go well or because it's often ward arrests are like mm. the most messiest mm. things mm. Um, and you do play it through and you mm. do try and think what could we have done differently and um, it's it, it's um, And so I just, I do recognise that I'm going to do my time playing it over and I'm going to have to play it over with someone who's not necessarily in the situation. So Chris often hears stuff, because we walk a lot, but you know, like, it's often what I do. You have to play it through and then think, okay, well, in this situation that could have happened, that could have happened, but actually overall the situation was this. See, I, guess I, always,
3: like, I always think one of the one of the absolute fabulous things about ICU is the teams yeah. or the, uh, the yeah. people around yeah. you that get yeah. created. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you were my charge nurse when I started. <laughs> now like, I had come from the UK, I'd got a job, everybody assumed that I'd been in the ward and transitioned into the ICR and so I knew systems. But like, I'd Not worked in Auckland prior to coming back, and so you became, you know, as my charge nurse, as one of kind of like four charge nurses that we had at the Mm -hmm. time. Yes, please. Um, you became a real, um, you know, part of my go-to team. Yeah. You know, and.
4: But I wasn't too scary.
3: I no, you with my best It was like <laughs> I gotta go tell. I just hands gotta something. think about how I'm gonna say this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but I think that that's a really, you know, yeah. It's one of the fabulous things about ICU
2: yeah, is and the so, teams yeah, and yeah, the support. But yeah, yeah. Clear
5: as day. Remember um, one of the first arterial switches I ever looked after, and I can remember the bed space, and it was in our heat. Yeah. I was in the, the end room before yeah. we went to A yeah. room. And so it was this tiny little heat table. I can remember Christine bouncing down the corridor, <laughs> the big hoop earrings, and coming and teaching me about arterial switch. And I can remember it clear mm. as days, as if it happened yesterday. Yeah. And going through, you know, the complications and the risks and everything. And you know, it's just you like know, that first just
4: orientation. Like, yeah. a Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think when you're talking about um, um, just that, you know. We, who you talk to and stuff like that. I mean, I think that there is, as we know, there's so much staff room talk, and mm-hmm. that's, and and yes, you dissociate yourself, but you also acknowledge that sometimes that this is a um this is a really that we work in a really shit place and mm-hmm. things are really hard and not belittling it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So, so for yep. some people saying you know saying that you don't have to be tough. It is mm. hard. Yeah, it's okay. It it feel like you feel like you need to go and have a little yeah. cry. You don't have yeah. to do it yeah. in the toilet. You can, yeah. mm. you know, yep. talk. Mm. There are people that, and we're not going to yep. judge you. I yep. hope that you yep. mm. said, you know, mm. when I because mm. I teach, um, when I do the um, end of life teaching sessions, I include a bit of self care, mm. and I was say so i would hope that anybody you go to is not going to say oh dear, dear she's not coping mm, you know that mm. we all can acknowledge that sometimes it's bloody hard mm. we've all done it we've all cried at yeah. work at some yeah, point yeah yeah and yeah, still yeah. Do. yeah there's <laughs> always been kids that have affected <laughs> yep. us yep. and yeah. and if, and like I've, i know a colleague that i worked with that actually stopped doing she asked not to do end of life care because she felt that like she was getting too hard mm. and she didn't want to be that hard bitch that
2: Mm. You know, that mm. didn't have any
4: empathy with she sort of like mm. she felt like she was rolling her eyes at the family and then she thought, right, it's time to leave, it's time to yeah. stop doing this. I need mm. to mm. go and, you know, look after kids that get better and mm. do that sort of thing for
0: a while. Maintain mm. 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 a bit of perspective yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. How can we recognise, I guess, that our colleagues aren't coping? Or, you know, that there's something a little bit amiss and that we need to maybe suggest to them that mm. they need some help or or ask if they're okay. Tears in the compactors. Apart from if they're sobbing in the corner, it is is. because you do.
4: You you might have a a, a heated discussion with someone, and then then discover that they're actually having a really bad day, and Mm. you've Mm. just been the thing that's. Yep. Tip them completely over so they can't come to work tomorrow. <laughs> it's
5: actually surprising the number of people that do put their hand up yeah. Yeah. and say, yeah. I'm not okay. I think most people can go, like, and maybe that's more mix. of a generational thing. I was going to say, I think that's perhaps, perhaps yeah. an evolution yeah. of ICU yeah. Yeah.
3: in general as well. It's like, yeah.
5: hard Indeed. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah. like, even, you know, it, we have to think, like, we're saying that there's a, you know 140 years worth of ICU here. Well, we have to say, in the last 20 years, there's been more focus on maybe 25 years there's been more focus on, mm. um, you know, uh, care of the staff mm. as well as mm. care of the patient yeah. But I think the that, that all the
4: units I've worked in up, up till now have been relatively small
3: mm. yep. and
4: so there's a little network and everybody knows mm. what everybody's getting up to. Whereas when you work in Piku now we've got I was going to say you're in staff. a big yeah. unit How now make sure yep. all those stuff are yep. okay. And I think yep. that's yep. actually harder. Like, I can mm. remember when we were at Green Lane, we used to do, we used to rotate, didn't we? A mm. week of mornings, a week of afternoons, a week of nights, and a mixed week, I can mm. remember. And you always did mm. your nights with the same group. Yes. And yep. I yes. felt yeah, really, I really can strong so yes. from those night shifts when you actually had time to actually talk and find out yep. people's personal lives and where they yep. were at. Mm. Mm. And mm. I think that in that way, we gave each other a lot of support, even all that time ago, Yes. more so mm. than now when we've got mm. this massive unit. Yeah. yeah. And I well, guess,
5: now, sorry, that didn't mean to right. um, you get a lot of people starting at the same time. Yeah, they form yep. those they three form groups.
4: groups, those yeah. groups yeah. yeah, like little cohorts, yeah. and when I teach mm. on the orient- on the orientation. Those I say that yep. this is you guys. You you look after each other. Mm. You all, all yeah. start at the same time. Or yep. right, like the yep. new grades. Yep. When the yep. new grads will start yep. together.
3: Yeah,
4: this is your little group. Yep.
3: Yep. Yep. yep.
0: Do you kind of start to feel though as you know one of the older people around the place? It is as more and more of your kind of cohort disappear because I mean looking at our unit there's very few people now who work there that I started with either at Green mm-hmm. Lane or even go back to yep. 2003 when we mm-hmm. moved to Auckland so there's very few people who have known you for that long mm-hmm.
2: and yeah. so you yeah. kind of, yeah. those associations what, kind mm-hmm. of
0: drift Absolutely. apart a little bit mm-hmm. don't they? they? Do. Whereas this group when we've known oh. each other for mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. ever <laughs> you know I guess kind of becomes a little bit more of your support network your... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely,
3: like I totally agree with what Anne said about doing, you know, doing the night shifts with a group of people. Mm. I mean, like those people there, the older, you know, you know, in essence, the us Mm. now, Mm. back then, um, they were such. They were a font of information. Mm. They were, um, or they felt secure in their space. You know, they occupied their space. Mm. You know, sometimes that could be challenging because, you know, you're...
1: Strong personalities. They were strong personalities.
3: Mm. Mm. But, um, again, a smallish unit. And also... Like in the current vernacular, it was probably pretty much a nurse led unit mm. because yeah, they yeah, very, very much yeah, have yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, house yeah. officers. Yep. Yeah, um, uh, as who our, did exactly as you told yeah. them. Yeah. So you or told them, they them that they <laughs> needed to go and stand in the corner with their head facing the wall. Yeah. That's what they that's did. What they because do. they they yeah. you did. Know, because yeah. Charmaine told them. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because, yeah, <laughs> someone who'd been in the unit more than three years told them to yeah. do that. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't know whether that actually has kind of changed how we feel about ICU, as you know, as a, as an experience, mm. when, versus people who are coming into the units now, when there's a you know 170 staff, 28, mm. 24, 28 beds, you know, those are big spaces, mm. you mm. know, and yeah, and I'm sure that there are cohorts within you know the spaces mm-hmm. but uh, you know I feel very blessed that um, my ICU experience was in you know that environment mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: you know we had a total staff of what yeah. 25 oh. yeah, yeah.
5: maybe 30
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. and,
5: and d- it was a different time and that you could you say get away with you could do things that you sure as hell wouldn't do now because Absolutely. they wouldn't be considered professional no you know? yeah, but you had a good laugh but Any examples, like
3: Nick? Home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Couldn't possibly comment, <accomplish laughs> <you. laughs>
3: Like But I think there's, you know, like if you were thinking about autonomy of practice mm. and developing of nurse mm. practitioner roles, mm. I mean, there mm. was a, a degree of autonomy of yeah. practice, which mm. I don't, I'm not saying it was a good thing, not saying it was a bad thing. Mm. I'm saying it was of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But that has kind of, in a way, if you think about all the people that went through that, Um, ICU at that time Mm -hmm. I'd probably say a significant portion of them are in senior nursing roles around various Mm. organisations and I guess that's another thing about ICU is Mm. that it gives you the um, armour, the self development, mm. the opportunity, mm. the whatever you want to call it, to think about going into senior roles. Yeah. I mean even in Starship, mm. if we look at the senior roles that yeah. have been mm. appointed in them you know, like in the last year or two years since mm. I returned to the D H B almost all of them have come out of ICU. Mm. Mm. And that's, you know, so that must say it's something.
2: It's interesting, eh? Mm. Yeah,
3: that skill set that people learn and
0: develop, yeah. that they take other places. Yeah, not yeah. just the clinical school.
2: Not just
0: the yeah. Cl- yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we were all really lucky at Green Lane yeah. that we yeah. had this kind of cohort of senior staff yeah. who mm. were time, amazing we role coming, models. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And not yeah. just the charge nurses, you're right. Yeah. It was yeah. the... Yeah. You know, And kind you'd of ring them up and say, we need someone to come in,
4: oh yes I can come in at 6 and they'd pop yeah. and you and know, mm. once their husband's got home from work they'd come in and yeah. fit in think, thank God. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> so what's one of the best things, of, or some of the best things of working in ICU do you think? I think
1: exactly that, what we've mm. just been talking yeah. about. I think. Yeah, oh, so even in, team. in Piku, yeah, like I yeah, did yeah. yeah. about that
4: when you sent me my list was about,
0: was A was good about ICU nurse needs to be
3: prepared I... <laughs> Oh my god
4: So
0: the we didn't, about that, didn't <laughs> talk about barrier. didn't talk about the anal qualities yeah, yeah. did we and yeah. the OCD yeah. and
4: oh yes, my god yeah. The thing about Piku in particular is that everyone is there no matter, you know, you're talking about 150 mainly women who all have mm. their issues and their little dramas When a sick kid comes in it's yeah. all gone, mm-hmm. and we're there for the kids, and we literally are. Yeah. Every yeah. single person in that yeah. unit is yeah. there mm-hmm. for the child, mm-hmm. for the children in yeah, our no unit. There's no
5: ego when it comes No, and street. everyone,
4: you know, like yeah. I can walk into a room and say, right, I need to go on a transport, I need this, this and this, and everybody just swoops. Mm. and mm. I can go out. It just happens. Get, yeah, yeah, mm. and and there's no, and, and like sometimes I get really anxious because the unit is full. We're full to heaving over the winter, and I'm thinking, what happens if a trauma comes in? There's no beds, and it's like a trauma comes in, we deal with it. Mm. We just, you know, there's no, we don't have the ability that the wards have of saying we haven't got enough staff, or there's no beds. Mm. Yeah, we have sorry, to take them. take them, sorry, yeah. sorry yeah. ward nieces, mm. but we have to take them. We mm. don't have an option, and so we just squeeze them in, yeah. and we around trying to find monitoring equipment because we've run out. We get a ventilator from the back corridor because, you know, those are where the old ones live and we just need a ventilator.
0: But someone remembers how to use them. (laughs) (laughs) Mm.
4: (laughs) yep. Well they're not that old. They're not
0: thing. surveys. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good survey.
5: <laughs> that
4: whole, that team, like a really busy shift is really, like it can be really, mm. really stressful and anxiety-provoking, but sometimes they're the best shifts mm. because yeah, well, everybody awesome. pulls yep. in. Yeah. Yep. And you always you get those comments yep. on that you know, mm. the picky page, thank you everybody in room for today for the amazing mm. teamwork, and that, mm. and that's how it is, and everybody is mm. focused on those children. Yeah. That is That's what makes it to me, and that's why yeah. I'd struggle to work anywhere else. Yeah. That's
0: good. She's not going anywhere in a hurry. Except for the night
4: shift. <laughs> I'd like her more if she said I didn't have to do night shift. I hope you're listening Nick. I just yeah. want to make another little point too about the senior nurse roles and that's not so much coming from PICU but certainly on the wards I've, and in PICU I feel that there's level senior level 3 and 4 nurses aren't valued enough and that the career pathway is to go to a senior nurse role. Mm. So I see a lot of the wards where there's bugger all, senior nurses, because they've all gone to senior, there's loads of senior nurse role, like clinical nurse specialists, Mm. but the level three and four nurses on the ward, there's not that many, and the skill mix is pretty bad on some wards, and I would say that there should be some sort of career pathway for actually being a clinical nurse on the ward, Mm. and being valued. Because the... not everyone wants to move into no, a you know a senior w- like nurse sort of, off the ward. I haven't role. because partly because I chose um, earlier on in the piece not to do postgraduate study, and that was around mostly around my personal situation. Where postgraduate study was just another stress that I didn't mm. need that made my life way too hard, um, and so I chose not to. And also, it didn't come easy to me, to be mm. honest. Mm. Um, so, so that has limited my ability to go to a senior nurse role. Yeah. And and there's been some disappointment around that, but actually, I'm really glad I didn't Mm. because I just love just being on the floor and being being a a
0: resource. Yeah, Yeah, and a resource for other um, for the more junior staff. But looking at having more of a sort of a clinical pathway, yeah, yeah, for progression, career progression. I don't know.
4: You can do it. I guess you need a financial pathway to to do that to keep people, Mm. senior people
0: in the clinical roles on the floor
4: because you really, really need them.
0: Well it's so important isn't it, you know, it's who we learn off, Yeah, yeah. who keeps the patient safe at night. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I've got, you know, I was talking to a friend who's in the States now um, and she said in the States you have a um, contract to do night shift or a contract to do day shift so all the senior nurses are on day shifts because that's what they want to do and all the junior Mm. nurses are on night shift and she says the nights are frightening. uh,
0: Oh, you need that so, experience.
3: Yeah, so. yeah, And Unfortunately, you know, we. I think it's something that people have to be reminded of when they come into nursing, is that it is a 24 7 mm. position. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know, I think, you know, I sit here in the lofty, you know, I graduated in 1986, you know, so, you know, I've been nursing for a long time. Um, you know, it's. I love it, it's something I've always wanted to, you know, once I came into it, it was, it's always, it's been my passion from the day I started nursing. Um, it, I think, um, you know, and I'm hopeful that, that people who come into nursing now share the same passion. Mm. Oh. Mm.
5: I think some do and some don't. Yeah,
3: mm. and, and I get that mm. feeling, mm. Uh, you know. Um, Having been an educator for a short time on the ward, mm. there was a there was a um, a little bit of the oh yeah, no, I'll do this for a while, but then I might mm. do something else. Oh, you know, okay. th- there no. was much more a life journey mm. that they mm. were thinking yeah. about mm. than yeah. yeah.
5: We get a small cohort who yeah last a year maybe two, mm. and would rather be in a Monday to Friday job yeah. that doesn't necessarily challenge them mm. so they can have the lifestyle mm. that they want of the weekend's off mm. and because mm. their partner doesn't work weekends then actually have a career that's more challenging mm. for them mm. Mm. and it's just and
4: mm. there's always also it's that, awesome. that nurses have yep. always done the OA yep. haven't they so oh
1: yeah I mean you know when I started nursing I <laughs> nursing was something that I did but it, it, it's de- definitely something I've grown into. Mm. Like, mm. I spent time thinking, what well, the hell am I doing this? Mm. You know, mm. I haven't mm. got a normal life. Mm. And, mm. Um, it's it, all right, there... you're not normal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it just sat out there. Yeah. We can <laughs> delete that part. But, but no, <laughs> <just> delete.
1: <laughs> it delete. It, it is that kind of thing where you think, just like you say, that, mm. you, that I was looking also for, to be able to get more work-life balance. How'd
2: that work for you, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> you Have to delete that well. Well. <laughs> But I'm just saying. I'm just
1: saying that you go through a phase early on. You think I'm not sure that this is for me. Mm.
5: But it's also nice. We live in an age where you know, in the old old days, God, that bizarre, it? Yeah, But mm. you went into a job that was it. You're stuck in it for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. There was no retraining for something or getting no. out. Now it doesn't matter what age you are, some yeah. people go through 3-4 yeah. different mm. careers mm. 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm. along the way because they've done what they want to do, they tick that box, they're not interested in that anymore, they want to try something different and mm. you can do that and it's mm. nice that that's an acceptable mm. thing now. Mm. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah, you do know, yeah. yeah. like yeah. when I started nursing I never thought that there was any
1: career pathway really,
4: you were yeah. just a nurse, yeah. just yeah, you were yeah. a nurse yeah. and then maybe you might want to be a charge nurse, yeah. but there was not all these other yeah, yeah. roles yeah. around. Yeah.
1: One of the you sort of said, well, what was what was the best thing and the worst thing about ICU? And I would say that teams were the best thing and can be, you know, when a team's not working well yeah, or yeah. there's an there's an outlier to the team and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a nurse. Yep. Um, you know, that that can be really difficult. But I'd also say that the families are the best thing as well as the worst mm. thing because yeah. 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 you have. Yeah. Um, Situations are hideous, but you can't change much about, like, a physical um, condition that a kid is going to live or not live through Mm. or whatever. Mm. I mean, obviously that's what we're doing, we're trying to change, um, we're trying to stop kids from dying. Um, But I'd say that families, and it's the same in the ward, that it, it, it can be completely hideous what this family are going through. But the family are amazing mm-hmm. uh, or you can have um, what we would routinely see as something that we would see as something routine but it's so difficult because you're with a family that is so challenging to be mm. around and so challenging to have any kind of compassion for because you're thinking oh my god you know I don't think
0: and you know. it's no different in the adult space either, is no, it? No. You know, it's Absolutely yeah. Not. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. there's some that you yeah. kind of fall into line with and mm. agree with and yeah. bond
1: with, and then mm. there's others that, like you say, yeah. you just cannot so, get. Man, there doesn't there doesn't seem to be any way that I can approach this that we can mm. meet um, mm. somewhere mm. and create some kind of yeah. ground where we can both. So how do
0: you get around that? What do you do in those sorts of situations?
1: Have a, have Teams? A
0: Should I leave yeah. the recorder on? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, hmm. I don't know about anybody else, but I certainly feel like I'm, I've got a use by date in nursing. <laughs> I do. I really yeah. feel like that um, there's only so much you can do and. And, and try and offer and then mm. after a while you just think I oh, actually I just can't do this anymore mm. you've got to know when to get out though don't you because you don't want to be that bitter mm. No. Mm. no no exactly Person
3: right that's
5: not there for your families mm. and their children yeah. no yeah. and that
3: doesn't yeah. matter whether yeah. it's adults yeah. Yeah. No, or no, children yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly it's anything family yeah. is yeah. family yeah. 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah and it's probably not so much the families it's maybe being in an environment where you want to offer some kind of care that you know this family's ne- never going to get because mm-hmm. yeah. from a funding perspective they're never going to get that particular thing
2: mm.
1: or and it might not even have anything to do with the work that I'm employed to do which is health care it might be all about the social the social, net, mm. the social um, poverty that people mm. come with mm. you know um, that they're not resourced, they're not resourced financially, but they're not resourced from an emotional perspective, or mm. so, you know, like they're mm. impoverished from mm, within yeah. society, mm. and that that's um, that's really hard mm. because you're sending a child out into a situation you think, man, you know, you are so on the back foot. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: It doesn't matter that you've had an amazing surgical repair. Uh.
5: John always used to say that he always used to think of the job as the thirds. A third of it mm. is great, mm. a third of it is, you know, a bit ratchet, and a third of it is your everyday stuff. And once mm. you start mm. to get out of balance and that ratchet stuff starts to overbalance, yeah. over-balance yeah, it's yeah. time yeah. to start thinking about something else. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Do you think as ICU nurses, because what we were talking about before was how good we are at kind of focusing on this one or maybe two patients and getting very kind of... Not blinkered, but you're so focused on what's in front of you and what's going on. Do you think we are that good at kind of looking at the bigger context of the patient all the time? Yeah, and I think that's something that
4: you learn. Yeah. So you see, you know, when you see the new grads coming, in, that's all they can do. Mm. All the new stuff. That's all they can do as well. Well, I mean here. that you and you can see when they start to grow because actually then they start to realise that the person across from them is actually working really hard and they've got some downtime and they could go and help. That's when yeah. you realise it.
3: Yeah.
1: But that's, that's that whole Benner's picture.
3: development, you know, de- practice development. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and I have to yeah. say, it's whilst at the time I thought, oh, you know, the, big yours. Okay, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> um, having been through senior roles uh, in ICU, in the ward, and in the mm. private sector, you absolutely see those mm. models oh, play yeah. out. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, and, I, and I think that's absolutely what mm. you're describing. And often you see it because people are criti- critical of it. Because
0: yeah. they say, oh my God, you know, they've got, they can't see out of their own mm. little bed space yeah. and they yeah. didn't mm. see what was happening. Mm. And it's like, well, they've only been here. Yeah. You know, they are yeah. a new grad. I think they've only been, was, been their senior
4: level threes and they're still doing yeah, it. Yeah, true. <laughs> mm.
0: And that's mm. when I do get bullshit. Mm. <laughs> it's see that. There are
5: times that people don't remember animals saying you were. By any means, but, but no, no. But there are people. I'm not. And just Have another drink, yeah That's right. Yeah. No, but this place. That they were new ones yeah. themselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had to learn and and not give people the space to mm. be learning.
0: Mm.
4: Yeah. See, well, see, you I, know, can, I can put uh, it. In, I put mm, it in my yeah, daughter. I put my yeah. daughter there and think. If she was yeah. coming into this environment, mm. I'd want someone to look mm. after her mentally. Yep. Yep.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: You see, I feel like I was definitely in the ICU. Space. Mm. I was very about the situation, the and I am very much about the situation. But having gone to the ward, that vision has led to more. That we. I did so much learning when I went from ICU to the ward. Suddenly families, the whole concept of a challenging family, it's like, mm. oh my God, I've got to get home with these people because they're here for so much longer. Yeah, home. yeah. they <laughs> um, so
4: just just discharge, discharge. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be really challenging because oh, they don't have a home to go to. You know, like, uh, that's know. such a different yeah, it is a really different focus. We're
0: quite short-term focused in the ICU, aren't we? And are you like like you say, yeah. all we want to do is get well, them out the, the doors well,
2: yeah, That's so the right. next Yeah, we, are. yeah. And
4: we certainly yeah. have that number yeah. of, of short-term patients, but we have a significant number mm. now of long-term mm. Mm. patients. And I'd say some of those families that we've had who are long-term patients, it's been a jolly good thing that their child didn't end mm. in intensive care because they've turned out to learn a huge amount of parenting skills. Mm. Yeah. And actually, with a lot of support. Yeah, yeah. and they're probably their yeah. kids are probably way better off with them having been through the unit than they would have been if they hadn't had an unwell child. Uh, interesting. So, no.
3: yeah, yeah. Could you say the same thing about that had they been through a long-term patient on a ward? Some parents, um, I, don't yes, know, some parents I don't know, because I don't right. know what the ward situation exactly. is. Exactly, and I think that that's sometimes mm. we have to be a bit careful how we say those things, I think. Mm. And that's from an ICU perspective mm. who's mm. stepped mm. out mm. of an ICU oh, perspective. Mm. Because we... As you said, Rachel, I think sometimes we can be a little bit... Mm. You we know, have to be. But maybe that's an bit. adult
0: ICU thing too, as oh, opposed no. to a paediatric one. You know, not having worked in a paediatric one for a while. Yeah. I suspect you're, I don't know, a little bit more cognizant of the family situation, and the dynamics, the what's going on at home, particularly if they're for a long time. Mm. You know.
1: I think the other mm. thing about that is that the children that are coming to Piku and then from there out into the wards are actually coming from all over New Zealand, Yeah, mm. it's yeah. not like yeah. you've got mm. Auckland, um, mm-hmm. you know, your catch, you might get someone from Rama Rama or, or as far as, mm. you know what I mean, like it's mm. Northland down, Yeah. Um, but for many of these families, it's enormous, it's an enormous burden, mm. burden mm. to be mm. here, I mean if you were in Papakura. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. you might mm. just as well as be Invercargill in, in Invercargill Yeah, yeah exactly, get yeah. To Auckland, exactly. Yeah. You know and if your kid's in hospital But the
5: yeah. concept of what's long term is different now too Long term and ICU It yeah. used to be for us You know anything yeah. Two weeks, or three, yeah. weeks, or, three yeah. weeks. Okay. or three weeks or four yeah. weeks okay. Now we're talking about months to months
4: years. years Yes Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely yeah. And it's certainly not the case with all mm. of them Not just some of those families that i have seen And certainly you know Absolutely having a child in intensive care Is hugely disruptive Yep a family, it? and mm. it's not just, I mean, it's, we look at the family centred key, it's not mm. just about this child. And you know, mm. people are saying, This mother hasn't been to visit for three dates, and it's like, Well, actually, she's got four other kids in Papakura mm. and mm. she's yeah. got no yeah. car, yeah. and yeah. You know, exactly. she, she actually needs a day off.
5: Is. And actually, yeah. 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 He he can't get time off work, yeah. Yeah. he's got to work, yeah. Yeah. and so yeah.
1: yeah. 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 he has to do the about washing the other day because when I was in hospital. I basically got dropped off at the door because my mother wasn't allowed to visit. Yeah, yeah. And you had enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you bring that back, you actually have staffing to manage looking after families. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you might be making beds and you might be helping someone have a have a bath or something as a nurse back But actually, you were doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there yeah, was also, another... but there wasn't
5: probably family education. Mm-hmm. Either. No. You know, whereas now it's very family education focused to to care for your child because also we've got a hell of a lot of children that have got long term chronic conditions that need education that Mm, didn't in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not quite survival of the fittest anymore.
1: No,
0: exactly. Do you want one of these? So I guess the answer to the question about should we be involving family and whānau and patient care is. A resounding thank you, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, I find it really it's only weird. Like, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, like you when your mum was mm. in, when my, when my dad was in hospital, when anybody's in hospital, and you go in there and you sh- shut out it you know, you're not allowed mm. to go in, you can't find a doctor to talk to you. You know, it's mm. completely different mm. Mm. in an mm. adult on a ward mm. than it is intensive care, not so much perhaps because there's more doctors around and there's more. You know, you've oh, got, I would yeah. say
1: some of that on a ward. I mean, the doctors are more available, but they're then say maybe in, in an adult setting. But the medical team are so frickin' busy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you actually, you have to kind of give them the heads up, you know. So families will be seeing fellows and registrars and maybe the, a nurse practitioner, but they want to see a surgeon. Well, yeah. they're never going to see mm, a no, surgeon. No, Righty. Yeah. But it's yeah. hard
5: because families don't understand that either. Like, I mean, like I've got a friend who's just come out of mm. a, a hospital, and um, she's on some pretty heavy duty meds due to her back injury and stuff like that, she didn't see a doctor for days, she Mm. was too doped up for them to be able to, well you know she was asking to see someone, she wasn't seeing someone, her husband was trying to work as well, so Mm. the hours that he was coming in he couldn't find anyone. Mm. You know it's been her care has been really actually very poor along the way, Mm. but how do you navigate
0: a system when you don't understand a system, Yeah, we do and we find it hard enough Yeah. And that's what we're trying to help everyone else do, isn't mm. it? Yeah. I would
3: just like to say an answer to that question really specifically.
1: What was be- the question? <laughs> can you go back to what the question
3: was? <laughs> the question was, should ICUs be involved in family and whānau? And, you know, should yeah. family be, allowed should be involved, involved in they, care? Well, yeah. you know, what I can the say The question is, can
0: be whatever we want it to be. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> well, I'm making it there. Actually.
2: Okay, that's so,
3: uh, Is working in with... Adults who have just, who all of them have had um, a time in ICU because they've got a congenital cardiac condition. And, you know, um, having conversations with not only, you know, the young adults as well as the parents as well as people who've been in ICU and are adults themselves, you know, mm-hmm. like 40s and 50s. The. Um, the things that the families remember are the people that they've been engaged with mm. at the time. <coughs> they remember the surgeons really strongly mm. yep. because that's been a pivotal part of their life. Um, if you get to see them. Well, I guess from a cardiac perspective, mm. they have. Yep. Yeah. I can't speak more generally than that. Mm. But dealing with them as adults, mm. their times in ICU are very... Strong memories for them Not from a negative perspective They don't remember, you know All the, all the, stuff, the you know Well, yeah, Some of them remember the bad stuff But um, um, But the experience is, mm. is a memory And the personnel and the people That they dealt with are strong memories Yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Generally positive, I have to say mm. That's I mean, good. there's the older one that's kind of like uh. You know, but but generally, really, really positive. Mm. But I guess that's keeping
0: in. that in the back of your mind all the time, isn't absolutely. it? You know, when you're in your yeah. bed space and interacting oh, with your oh. patients or their families, is, you know, so in what will place, they say about me? Yeah. And sometimes
1: <laughs> yep. you just can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> you can you say that, Absolutely. That's what I was saying. Well, let be honest. that one out. <laughs> Actually, that's what I was saying. No, before, I was feeling, sometimes mm, you mm, kind of get mm, to a point where yeah. yeah. you think... Oh my God! Yeah. Do, I'm having to do this again yeah, yeah. because you are because it's another family. Yeah, it's a different yeah. family, and you have to explain. Okay, so what's going to happen now mm. is mm. this is the journey. Well, that's partly
3: why I decided to get out of being a charge nurse. Yeah. was because actually I got to the point was like same shit, different face. Yeah, yeah. And with that, the nurses or the family? With the nurses. <laughs> with the
0: nurses. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. why I got Sadly, mm. that's with why, the nurses. That's why I got yeah. out of education. It's yeah. Like, oh my god. But that was god. why I
0: left ICU the first time around too. Mm. Was because mm. it was like oh another bypass patient. Yeah. Mm. You know it was yeah. the yeah. same mm. shit different day. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's mm. like and it becomes mm. it's like anything it becomes repetitive and mm. you. Recognise that actually maybe you're not as engaged as A you should be, and B you Mm, used to be. So I'm not actually benefiting. No, well, CBICU, I have
3: to say, is pretty much like that these days too. You never quite know. But But, you know, um, you know, if I, you know, that whole thing of like if you wait long enough, this problem will go away, Mm. is not going Mm. to benefit either the unit, the person, or in fact myself. Mm. Mm. And I think, in any way, Mm. I mean,
5: if you're you know, an yep. expert bedside nurse—you've still got to be doing your job mm-hmm. well because it affects the patients. Well, it is, mm-hmm. it's not like John's charge nurse, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a clinical charge mm-hmm. nurse—you've got a team that are relying on you, yeah. and mm-hmm. you have to be on mm-hmm. form for the team because yeah. you can't let them down. If yeah. you're
3: not from a clinical you know, perspective, well, I didn't think it was from a clinical perspective, put it that way, but definitely from a you know professional development mm-hmm. of a team mm-hmm.
2: perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of are you adding value (laughs) (laughs) you know are you adding value to to your patient's experience or your staff's or your own experience
0: too you know yeah
1: i guess that's probably what i'm don't stay in a job for the wrong reasons Mm. no no
2: exactly
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah i hope you enjoyed that these ladies have been wonderful friends colleagues and great support for a long time now they're all superstars in their own right and have had long, successful senior careers both in ICU, and for some now, as you have heard, outside the ICU. Apparently there is life outside the ICU. They're the kind of nurse you would want looking after your mum or dad. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you could join us. And if this is your first time listening, then welcome. Thanks for joining us. And if you're a returning listener, then thank you for coming back. I hope you are enjoying the experience. If you do have any feedback or suggestions, love to hear them. What did you enjoy and who would you like to hear from? Would you like to make a guest appearance? Please contact me by email. Thanks to those who have. And until next time, I hope this proves to be critical to your success.